Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. I'm your host Farb. I'm here with my co-hosts Connor and Ethan and never a dull moment in the world of AI. Three big stories today. Let's jump in it. The first one, the rise of open source. A uh, couple of big stories here in this in this little uh, in this story. The first one is that apparently a Google Doc was leaked uh, talking about how open source is going to beat Google, beat OpenAI, beat everybody. The internet is built on open source, and this leaked document's uh, angle is that AI will be built on open source as well. Uh, and one of the cool things that you see in the is the timeline at the bottom where you know there's this bit of open AI open source news and then uh, a week later there's another bit of open source news and then the dates start going you know almost every day uh, as open source catches up and potentially you know exceeds the capabilities of Google and maybe even open AI. Yeah. Connor, what are your what are your thoughts on this story? Yeah, I mean, Google's the entire internal document, we'll, we'll link it below. But basically, the gist of it was they're like, we're losing to open AI, but it doesn't really matter because we're both losing to open source. Every new week, we have Llama, we have Dolly, we have Acuna. Really, there's like Google says in the self, we have no secret sauce. People will not pay for a restricted model when we're when there's free open source models. And starting to realize that the giant models that they're building at Google at OpenAI are kind of slowing them down and that these open source models are small and they're quick, like the new Repli model, very small, but it's very good at what it does. So, And they're iterating quickly. Uh, Ethan, you know, they, uh, there was this other part of this story is this benchmarking of a bunch of different open source models. Um, you know, how does that play into this story and what do you think about this in general? Yeah, definitely. The the benchmarking was was big news. I think what we've seen from a lot of benchmarking of LLMs is they're all very academic based. So this one is almost like a chess game based, almost like a battleground. So they're kind of pitting two against each other. Users come in, get outputs from both and evaluate which model is better. So we're looking at open source trying to improve and rapidly update as fast as they possibly can. And this benchmarking just really highlights that at the end of the day. They're showing, hey, we want to rank what the best models are and we need to do this in a way that isn't just academic. We need to do this in a way that actually is in touch with how people feel using these models. So using this ELO rating model, it's it's a cool it's a cool benchmarking site. Um, I haven't also, got to use it. This is also perfect for open source because crowdsourced, it means that new models, new future open source models, they don't need to go through the entire academic process of, oh, let's survey a bunch of people, let's survey their responses. Yeah. This is a new model that can just start showing up inside of the ELO system and start being rated against other big models like Vicuña. Yeah, using the uh, internet's favorite pairwise ranking system, ELO, uh, which is in lots of applications that you're using. It's in dating applications. It's, uh, it's all over the internet. Uh, so uh, the rise of open source. Let's go on to our next story, which is a little bit about the White House announced today um, that they are pairing with a handful of the top AI companies out there. It looks like Stability, Alphabet, OpenAI to be evaluated against the administration's goals for AI using a system that Scale.AI will develop. Apparently, the administration is meeting with these companies today or, or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this story. Uh, Ethan, what do you what do you think of this? 
Yeah, we got three big pieces of news today out of the White House. Um, this administration seems very, very open and wants to engage with industry on AI. So across the three big announcements, one, we're looking at new funding. So they're putting $140 million into building seven new AI research institutes. Um, they're doing this assessments, as you mentioned, this kind of conglomeration of you know some of the big players in the AI industry to put together these public assessments. You know, what do these models look like? Are they safe? What should we use them for? And last but not least, as always with government, they're putting together some policies around how should we as a country, how should state and local government, how should federal government buy, use, and evaluate these AI systems in their workloads. So I think the big news here is this administration continues to be very interested in AI developments, wants to stay in the loop with it, wants to make sure they're saying, hey, we as the United States, the Biden-Harris administration are going to be at the forefront of AI and we're going to continue to put investment into it. We're going to continue to put policies out for it and we're going to continue to work with industry. So it, it's good to see them continue to do that. Connor, what do you think about how this relates to our story we just said, you know, the open source coming out of nowhere, potentially exceeding the capabilities of a lot of these industry players. And then you have the government connecting with industry. Where's the open source community in this? And, you know, is this going to matter in the world of AI if open source is eclipsing what all these organizations that the administration are meeting with can do? Yeah, I think this is something that the White House is probably worried about, but not talking about yet. They're meeting with all of the biggest companies, Anthropic, Google, Hugging Face, Microsoft. But if open source beats those big models, then it doesn't really matter what the big companies are doing. It doesn't really matter how the big companies are regulated. If open source from all over the world, not just inside the United States, those models can run inside the United States, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I guess this uh, story doesn't have a, is it a ready now uh, angle to it, although that apparently they're meeting today. So it's definitely happening. Yeah, we'll see how regulation comes down. There's a lot of AI, you know, safety people, AI risk people trying to really get their face in front of the government, whether to, you know, kind of centralize the power of some of these bigger corporations, make sure that AI is safe and open source. You know, they have stability AI in this. I'm not sure which team member there is talking to the White House, but it seems they want to engage with some of these open models in some form or fashion. But when it's open source, it's decentralized. So how they're going to touch that playing field or how they're going to try to regulate this is we'll, we'll see. So what specifically can we do with this? What can we do with this Keep news? Pray, pray for everybody. Pray. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because obviously the administration and the government doesn't want to be, you know, caught on its heels, uh, especially if some bad things happen with AI. They don't want to be in a situation where people are like, well, where, where were you when AI was being developed? You know, so they don't want to look like fools. They don't want to look like they're behind the ball. Uh, an industry doesn't want to, you know, get regulated in a sort of post something bad happens way. So they want to jump in, be a part of the conversation and get ahead of the regulation. We'll see what all that means in, in a world where open source is, is, is dominating. Let's move on to our last big story. Bing AI made a big announcement today. A whole bunch of new updates coming to Bing AI. One is they're going to be adding plugins. Two, they're going to add multimodal responses. So you may get different types of graphics and images and different types of cards in your response, not just words. 
Also, they're going to start persisting your chat history with it. So it knows what you chatted about before. I don't know if you use Bing AI, it's sort of as soon as you leave it and come back, it's kind of forgotten everything that, that you said. So persisting the chat history uh, and they've re removed the wait list there. So uh, Connor, you've built uh, plugins, you've worked on plugins, we've worked on plugins uh, for OpenAI. Any, any thoughts on Bing AI adding plugins and these new features? Yeah, it's kind of another example of Microsoft just like copying OpenAI's ChatGPT features directly. Um, the plugins look to be the exact same. The outputs used to look to be the exact same. Has a searching for, has a using. Same plugins, OpenTable, Wolfram. Probably using the same plugin spec because OpenAI is trying to make that their common plugin spec. I haven't been a fan of Bing AI personally. I haven't been a fan of Bing Chat, but maybe this will give it a step up, killing the waitlist too. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Yeah, I think the real story here is why ChatGPT and why Bing, you know, they're just like Connor said, they're both duplicating a lot of their features. They're a very similar experience. They're built on the same model. Of course, OpenAI and Microsoft are very closely aligned. So the real story here is how is this going to continue to develop and fold out? I think if you are a plugin developer, this is great news for you. You're looking at another 100 million daily active users that use Bing and you get this distribution. So I think good for products, good for experience, good for the consumer, but some interesting incentives on both of them really competing in the exact same space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I use Bing AI. I, it, it's part of the rounds I do. I do Bing AI, I do chat GPT, I do metaphor, I do perplexity. So now it takes me four times as long to search for anything <laughs> than it used to. Uh, and I tell myself a story about how the results are much better. Although, although I think they are, I, I've been using <clears throat> all of these to search for a amplifier for my for my keyboard and asking it pretty complex questions about you know how do you connect this keyboard to this speaker system what is the right amp to do it and i've been really impressed with the results they've been giving me i think a lot better than what a typical google search would give okay so that's the big news from bing ai big news from the white house and uh big news from the open source community although they don't have a spokesperson uh, they just have everybody Absolutely. so what have we been seeing out in the space, uh, you know, besides these big stories? One thing uh, that I wanted to share is it seems interesting that this writer strike that's happening in Hollywood and entertainment uh, doesn't seem to be entirely based on this, but seems to one of their demands is that they don't want AI writing stories because they think it's going to take work away from writers. And, well, they're right about that. Uh, we'll yeah. see if... You know, this is another thing where, okay, great, industry may agree to regulate itself this way, but, you know, like we've spoken about with the Grimes AI story where she's sort of, you know, open sourcing her own voice, her own music to the world, to her fans. Are we going to see the same thing with entertainment where it's like, great, the Writers Guild got an agreement from the industry that they're not going to use AI. And now there's just open source AI fan fiction stories uh, taking over and nobody watches anything that's written by professional writers anymore. So I thought that was a really interesting bit of news. What What are you guys seeing? Ethan, what are you seeing? Yeah, no, I agree with you on your story. I think it's uh, I, their claims are completely valid. But I think as we see it play out more and more, I, I hope there is some embracement on the Hollywood side, and I think we can see a lot better content come out and more high quality movies and more integration of writers and really a bigger writer's guild at the end of the day. So it's going to be a nasty transition, and I feel for anyone in that, but I hope it begins to be embraced a little bit more. But on I mean, my side, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, it's crazy if you think about IBM's news around firing people, Chegg's yeah. stock price dropping, the Screenwriters Guild striking if you let AI in. Yeah. Man, AI is changing everything fast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, on my side, I would say I was very happy to see Superhuman um, AI come out yesterday. Superhuman email is um, an email client. Do you use it? Yeah, and I haven't used it yet. Um, oh, okay. but I've been you're using... not a Superhuman person? You're not I am, Superhuman? I've been using Superhuman for a okay. few years now. Oh, okay, um, cool. But I think they have a wait list for this AI. I definitely signed up. Um, I think it's going to be great. It's a nice experience. They've always been great designers. They build a great product. They put all these features just directly in it from rewriting to helping you type faster, summarizing. And I also found it really interesting. They want to have a kind of just chat GPT built in. So when you're writing an email, you want to do research. It's just right there for you. So always big props to them. I think they built a beautiful product and I'm excited to see this announcement from them. Do you, do you know what their sort of, you know, privacy stance is uh, uh, on this, on this, you know, what, what they're reading? Are they, I mean, you can assume everybody's reading everything, but have they come out with a statement about these types of things? I, I have not seen anything yet. No, at the end of the day, most people are using, you know, Gmail through it. Um, of course, Google has Gmail. So it's reading a lot of your stuff, how they're going to handle it with hitting open AI's API. I'm not exactly sure yet. Um, hopefully maybe they can do some redactions in the future and some privacy things, but not sure yet. It seems that in the interview with the, at the Stripe conference or something like that, uh, yeah. Mr. Altman reiterated that they are not using your conversations for, for their training. And yeah, I, I tend to believe Sam. I think he's a good guy and we'll, we'll, we'll see. Okay, great. Uh, Connor, what about you? Yeah, recently I saw that WebGPU came out in Chrome yesterday. It was, it's been out for a bit, but it's stably released in Chrome, which is pretty exciting for running LLMs natively in the browser. This is a pretty big step for stable Chrome 113 to have this. Of course, Chrome's the only browser that has it. Chrome on iOS will be a long time from now, maybe a year from now. We'll see whenever WebKit catches up. Connor, how would you compare something like Wasm to WebGPU? Like, is it much easier access to like CUDA libraries or something like that? Or how's WebGPU going to be different than something like WebAssembly? It's not CUDA, but WebGPU does have access to the GPU where WebAssembly doesn't. You okay. can use, the interesting thing is you can use WebAssembly to access WebGPU. So you okay. can write something in, let's say Rust that then pass through accesses WebGPU through the browser. Um, but this is the matrix multiplication GPU library for the browser. Got it. So when do you think we're gonna all be doing everything running on WebGPU? I mean, I think iOS having it on Safari is a big step. And then I think, of course, these smaller models are necessary, like Replit's new code model. That could definitely run the browser, but something the size of GPT-4 definitely couldn't. So, Very cool. Do you so imagine a, a lot of stuff running on WebGPU in, in the near future? Depends what you mean by a lot. I mean, there, there was an example we saw recently we talked about before, WebLLM. Um, I, I think the average person, you know, obviously they're not going to know that it's happening, but do you imagine, you know, what percentage of people's tasks on their laptop do you think will leverage that, you know, six months from now, a year from now? I think, I think six months from now, maybe a year, year and a half from now, we'll definitely see like smaller models, like helping you write your tweet or something working in your browser because it, they're already being pushed to the edge instead of away from main core servers. And as it gets closer to the device and needs less latency and runs on the browser itself. It's cheaper for the company. It's faster for the user. You could definitely see it happening. 
And so, and so for non-technical folks, that means, you know, I go to a website where I'm, I'm writing something and that website is going to actually use my GPU to do some LLM processing, right? Uh, what's, the, what's the advantage there for the typical user? Why do they care? I mean, the typical user doesn't care. The company making the product cares. The company making the product, it's, 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 a, it's a slightly faster experience maybe. And then, cheaper. of course, it's way cheaper for the company because yeah. you don't have to spend servers. It's running on the device itself, especially iPhones, MacBooks, very capable GPUs from Apple. Yeah. So once this gets pushed to iOS, I can definitely see this coming. It helps the user in the sense, though, that the user is less likely to have to pay that company for this processing, right? Yes, exactly. Instead of signing up, instead of having to pay, it can be a free app back to the land of free apps. If you think if you think Microsoft has a lot of GPUs, let me introduce you to the laptops and smartphones of the world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's you know billions, if not trillions, of them sitting out there doing nothing most of the day. Yeah, iPhones like, are the most capable. Like most of your friends. Yeah, Android, of course, <laughs> and Windows GPUs aren't as good. So we'll see what happens there. But. Yeah. All right. Well, if you've stuck around with us this long, thank you. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more news in the AI world. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, everybody, for thank joining you. us. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Bye, guys. guys.